You found the First Baptist Rockdale Midweek Podcast. Lean in and learn as we study God's Word together. Enjoy. We have been working through this Uniquely You series now for, this is our fifth week in it, and we're looking at what, what God did when He made you special. You know, every person is special, unique, made uh, in a very particular way to do a very specific thing. Um, and what you are made to do is not what I'm made to do, and vice versa, and that's a wonderful thing because God's kingdom uses all people from all different skill sets and experiences and passions. And so we've went through several different characteristics that make you unique. First was your spiritual gifts. We all have spiritual gifts. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have spiritual gifts God gave you uh, in the proportion that he willed to give you. And those are uh, God-given. No one else can take it away. And it came on you at the moment of your salvation. Then we talked about your passions, the things you care about that you care about more than I care about, and vice versa, right? The things that really drive us to go and to get up and to do things. And those are unique and special, and God uses your passions, and we should serve inside of our passions, if at all possible, right? The longer that you're in the middle of your passions, the happier your life is going to be, and the more productive your life is going to be. That's included for your work life and your service to God in the church and, and, and outside of the church. The third thing we talked about was your abilities. You have special technical skills, things that you can do that I can't do. I, I cannot um, play any musical instrument that's particularly valuable for worship. I was in band in high school. I played tuba, right? And now, if we had a full orchestra, it could be a useful instrument. If I just went up there and started playing the tuba line, uh, you'd be like, hey, Matt, that, you need about seven other instruments before the tuba becomes necessary for the orchestra, okay? Um, and so, like, uh, but, but some people are musical. They have gifts. They have skills. They've worked on them. I haven't played the tuba since I was 17, right? So I'm probably not very good at it. I wasn't great at it then, right? I'm probably not very good 18 years or 20 years later. I'm 37 now, so 37 or 17. Again, I shouldn't do math while talking. It's not my, my skill set. Again, some of you might be mathematically minded. Good for you. But you have abilities, and those abilities are things that you just naturally are good at. And if we work on those and we hone those things, you know what's going to happen at the end of the day is we're going to be um, very fruitful, because we're doing things that we're better than other people at. Last week we talked about uh, kind of your personality type, the thing that makes you you, how some of us are more laid back, some of us are more uptight. It's not good or bad, right? Some are introverted, some are extroverted. There's not a good personality type, right? There's, there's good things about every personality type, and there's bad things about every personality type. We've got to own who we are, how God made us to be, and then kind of live inside of our personality as well. Don't try to pretend to be someone that we're not. And then this week... We're going to talk about your experiences. That's the last part that kind of fills you out as a person uh, when you look at your service. We've all had different experiences. And if we were to go through our lives and we were to chart out kind of the broad brushstrokes, the most important experiences in your life, there would be wonderful experiences. You know, I could be like, man, uh, when I was uh, 15 years old, I got saved. Right? That's a wonderful experience in my life. I remember it. Uh, I was sitting right there, Third Pew, First Baptist Sugarland near the center aisle. I was there Sunday night. I remember it very vividly. Like it was a very, very cool experience, a great experience, got married, great experience, uh, had a kid, great experience, had another kid, a little bit scary all of a sudden, had a third kid. I'm like, God, what are we doing, right? So my experience is like, we're to chart them out. We have these wonderful experiences, but you know what? In between those wonderful experiences, we have some pretty cruddy times. We have some pretty rough experiences, like, like losing a loved one or experiencing a serious bout of illness, going through, uh, Personal troubles, financial troubles, work troubles, marriage troubles, problems with your kids, and all of those are on 
our life's experiences. But the beautiful thing about what God does is He takes our good experiences and our bad experiences, and He shapes us through those. You know, the bad times in our lives are sometimes the time that God is using us most. He's working hardest to make us into something. So today I want to look in the book of James. If you have your Bible, open to James chapter 1. James is in the New Testament. It's pretty far back there because we have all of the Gospels and then all of Paul's letters. Then you get to the book of Hebrews, which is about 13 chapters long. And then James is the next chapter. So if you have your Bible, like my Bible, this is all that's left in my Bible, okay? So it's not, not many pages after James chapter 1. Um, James is a unique epistle. It's written by James, the brother of Jesus. Um, and James was a, a leader in the New Testament church. He was in charge of the church over Jerusalem. He was really a pretty, a pretty influential guy um, in the early church. And this is what James says at the beginning of the book of James. We'll start in verse 2 here after the introduction. He says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and then you let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So when James starts out and he begins to talk about the church, he says, count it joy when you experience trials of many kinds. That means when you experience the tough times in your life, when, when things are at their worst, count it joy because God is using that trial to accomplish something in you. The toughest moment in your life, right? And that may be something from 10 years ago or 20 years ago or from 10 minutes ago. But the toughest moment in your life, the time when your, your life seemed to be most falling apart, most frail, most fragile, God is using that time or has used that time to shape you into the person that you're meant to be. The, one of the toughest times in my life is a series of things that went on in my life. Uh, my marriage almost collapsed. I was, uh, got married at 19. Getting married at 19 is a wonderful thing. Um, I, had, I had kids young. I started my, my, my adult life began early. I didn't have this extended adolescence that goes on into my mid-20s. I was a full-on adult at 19. But man, there's some dangers at getting married to 19. I was poor, legitimately first world poor, right? Like I couldn't afford cable TV, poor worried about whether or not my paycheck would afford us enough to pay the rent and get the groceries poor. I mean, I experienced first world poverty, right? Like we weren't on government assistance because I tried really hard to avoid that. But like we struggled just, just to make enough money to put enough food on the table. And so we got through that kind of initial state of really rough life. And then my marriage just, we, we had a terrible time. I mean, I, I don't get into it much to speak specifics. Um, but I was um, a jerk, and my wife was a jerk, um, and together, my jerky wife and her jerky husband had a terrible time, uh, and I was at First Baptist Church Richmond. It's the second church I served at full-time, and I hated it there. Um, my pastor and I did not get along. We were different. We're still different, um, and uh, my marriage almost collapsed, and he swoops in this pastor who really really was tough on me. It was a tough place for me to serve. And he stepped into my life, and he was my pastor at the worst point in my life. I needed him. And he stepped in, and he, he filled that gap. And then right after he filled that gap, and my marriage began to slowly regain its footing, right? I slowly felt like, you know what, we're going to get through this. 
there's a future on the other side of this. I got fired from that church. Um, and I say fired. In, in Baptist churches, it takes a lot to get fired from a church. I actually got resigned from a church because I didn't do anything worthy of getting fired, right? I wasn't, you know, having some sort of crazy sin. I wasn't stealing. I wasn't, uh, I was a youth pastor. I wasn't inappropriate with the teenagers or anything like that. I was, I was just, they wanted, he wanted me gone. Uh, he had stood in that gap, and I'm so thankful he stood in that gap because he did. He, he, he saved, in a lot of ways, his actions and the actions of the church um, allowed me to, to persevere through my marriage. But after that, I got fired. And I remember looking around, and my world has been spinning for like 18 months with my marriage. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm like, I don't know where my paycheck's coming from. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I don't know how this is all going to work out. And it was in that time, like in that very dark time, very, very uncertain time, um, that God developed some character in me that I was desperately needing. And it was about a year after, uh, it was literally a year after I got resigned, got resigned, that's a weird phrase, <laughs> but it was a year after I got resigned from that church um, that I was serving um, at Kingwood Bible Church, the church I came here from. And when I was at Kingwood Bible Church, um, we were a year into it, and I, 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 we, we, got, we got fired at Christmas, which is terrible, right? Um, or resigned at Christmas. And my wife is looking for something Christmas. I don't know what it is Christmas that she's looking for. She's looking for a nativity set or special ornaments or whatever, Christmas decor. But when we got resigned, everything went, because Christmas was out in the house, it went in every box. So like in our living room, stuff that we packed up in our house was whatever was Christmas in our living room. And so when we unpacked those boxes, were all, it was just chaos. And my wife is like near tears to try to figure out how she can manage this situation that she's in right now, because uh, she can't find this. I don't even remember what the thing is she was looking for. Um, and I looked at her and I was like, how blessed are we? Right, you're like, she's near tears. And I'm like, we are so lucky. Because in those 12 months between the time that I resigned to that time when my wife was losing her mind in my kitchen, God had resolved everything that was wrong, all the major issues in my life, God resolved. He put me in a healthy church. Uh, he sat me in a staff that, that, that nurtured me, a pastor that invested in me in some ways that I'd never been invested in. Um, God revealed inside of me some characteristics that needed to change. And, and in that year, really in 12 months, I changed dramatically who I was. Not, not as a believer to a non-believer to a believer, but just in my walk with Christ. And that happened in a tough season. Those tough experiences are sometimes hard for us to be thankful for, right? Those tough times that we experience. But Jane says, count it as joy. Because you know why we count our tough experiences joy? Because God uses all of our experiences to shape us into who he wants us to be. Every good, bad, and indifferent thing that we experience helps to form who we are. And if we allow God to work in the midst of our trials, he will develop character in us that we are desperately in need of. Right? The characters that he talks about here right, is that it produces steadfastness. And if you let steadfastness, um, it's a full thing. If, you, if you're patient and persevering through all of this, at the end of that, God will make you fully complete, mature, perfect. Those are the words that, that, that James uses. He will make you the way he wants you to be. When I was 16 years old, um, my quasi-youth pastor was a guy named Aaron Ivey. Aaron Ivey is the worship leader at Austin Stone now. Um, he's a 
it's a big deal all of a sudden. It's really weird to look at Aaron and think he's such a big deal. Um, but I love Aaron. Aaron invested in me whenever I was 16. He, his car was the first car I drove that wasn't owned by my family. We were doing youth visitation, which was a thing when I was 16. Uh, we'd visit everyone who came to Wednesday night services. We would go out to their houses. And uh, he tossed me his keys to his little, what was that, Pontiac Sunfire or something stupid like that. And, uh, and he said, hey, I want to drive your car. Why don't you drive mine? And so I tossed him the keys to my Ford, Ford Ranger, and I tried to drive his car. I thought it was so cool, right? I still kind of think it's cool that this 20, Aaron was probably 23 at the time, 24, um, said, Matt, why don't you go take my car? I'll take your car, and we'll, go do, we'll meet back here, right? But, but Aaron Ivey, he was teaching uh, one, one uh, Wednesday night at my church uh, when I was a kid, and he brought up a, uh, he preached from the book of Job, and he preached this verse, Job 23.10. Job 23.10, if someone ever asked me what my life verse is, it's not a great question. Like, what's your life verse? Like, you know, that's like asking you, like, what's your favorite child? And, like, it's Seth. Obviously, he's my oldest. He's clearly my favorite. But, but I don't like answering. It's awkward, right, to tell people that I have a favorite. Okay, Seth's not really my favorite kid. It would be Hannah, if we're being honest about this, right? Batten, obviously. Yeah, not, not my Hannah. <laughs> not my Hannah. Hannah Batten. No, uh, no, you know, it's, not, it's a weird question. Like, what verse do you love most out of all of God's word? Um, but I'll refer back to Job 23.10 a lot because Job 23.10 just to kind of paraphrase it, you know, it's Job speaking. He says, you know, when, when God has tested me, right, when, when I'm through the testing, I will come forth as pure gold, right? And the idea there is like, I'm in the middle of this fire, and Job's life was in the middle of this crazy fire. But he says, but you know, when I'm done with this, when God is done putting me through this test in this trial, I'm coming out on the other side as pure gold. I'm coming out valuable, useful, purposeful on the other side of this. Job recognized in the midst of his sufferings, God was doing something for him, not to him. God was developing him. So as you go through rough times, as you go through these seasons, but you know, God uses every experience. The good experiences, obviously. God has used my wife, that marriage experience, one of my best experiences in my life, to shape me. She is tremendous. That, that relationship is the most foundational relationship I have on this earth. It is a blessing from God. But it's not just the good experience that God's using, man, those bad ones God uses as well. So as you sketch out your life, don't, don't neglect the fact that God has been with you faithful through the tough times, just like he's been faithful with you in the good times. The second thing that we need to know about God and experience is that God uses our experiences and then he seeks to see who is going to be faithful with what he's given them. Right? We have the, in, in Luke, what is it, Luke 16 or so, and we, have a, we, have a, we have Jesus speaking. He's like, you know, the one who is faithful um, with little will be, will be faithful with much. And so to, to him who has little and is faithful, more will be given. But to the one who is not faithful with little, he will, his, the little bit he has will be taken away from him and given to the one who's going to be faithful with it. God is looking for those of us who have life experiences and remain faithful in serving God through them. And so as you think about your experiences, you think about the places that you've been, the things that you've walked through, I want you to recognize God is using those to form you into who you are, but he wants you to be faithful in the midst of them, good or bad. Whatever your lot in life, God wants you to take that little bit that he's given you and multiply it for his kingdom. You are not given this day, February the 26th, we'll guess, that sounds right. You're not given this day on earth to waste. God gave you this day because he wanted you to be purposeful with it, 
to live for his name and to make his kingdom come closer. It's the call of the believer to go to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, right? Like that's the call and that's a daily call of the believer. So are you faithful with that thing? Because God is looking for who's faithful because when he finds them, man, he gives them more and more and more, more opportunities, more potential, more, more like a spiritual giftedness, right? More, more giftedness, more of the anointing power of Jesus Christ. I'm not quite a charismatic, I promise you, but like the idea is God blesses those who are faithful. And if you're not faithful, and some of us have been blessed tremendously, if you're wasteful with what God has given you, whether financially or materially or your abilities or your talents, those things that God has given you, they will be taken away. Because the God who gave them to you does not want to see them wasted. And a lot of us, guys, we, we have all these skills, spiritual gifts, passions, experiences that, that have shaped us, and we're, we're, we're abusing them. We're wasting them. And guys, if you do that long enough, the long-sufferingness of God will end. He will take what was once yours. He will give it to your neighbor who's going to use it. And that kingdom will expand. Because God does not, unlike some of us, like God does not waste what he has to give. He invests it in us. He vests it to us. Grants it to us. And so long as we're faithful with that, God will, will grant more. You know, when we're unfaithful with that, God will take away. And so guys, I want you to be, be, be considerate of your experience that God has, has worked in your life. I just want you to know that God is wanting you to be faithful today and this year. And so I, I did something today, and I just sat down, and this was very stream of consciousness, right? Um, I organized it afterwards. Um, but I made this beautiful list here. Isn't that beautiful? It's wonderful. Um, it's a Calibri font, by the way, if you want to make it at home. I know you like fonts, don't you, Charlotte? That's for you. Um, but uh, I made this list, and uh, basically what it is, like it, it's, it's areas of service inside of this church. You know the reason God made you? who you are, uniquely special who you are, is so you could serve the church. So you could serve his kingdom. And I can go beyond the church, obviously. The church isn't the only place that's doing God's work. But this church needs people to serve. And so I listed, like, I don't even know how many things there are. There's a lot of things on this list, right? And there's more, because I thought about it afterwards, and I thought of some other things, but I already printed them, and I wasn't going to add them, right? So there's a beautiful, like, other, well, no, I thought I'd just put a random other, but I didn't. I'm sorry about that. You can write your own thing down here, okay? Um, that you're like, man, I really want to help in this area. Um, but there's areas in this church that you may never have thought that you could be involved in helping with. I'm going to read off just a few things randomly. Um, they're organized, sort of. Sort of. Not really well. I'll promise you that. Um, or we have, like, the normal things. Like, when you think, like, how can you help with the church? Like, oh, I can help in the nursery, or I can teach Sunday school, or I could... Like, those things are on here, but there's, there's things like um, the bus ministry. You know, we own a bus. This church owns a bus. Um, I don't know how much that bus is worth. Like, I don't know, 50 grand probably. I don't know. I don't know what we insure it at. Something. Um, you, know how many, you know how many days out of a 366 this year, 366-day um, year, that bus is going to be driven? Not very many. If the number is over 12, I would be shocked. I'd be shocked. We'll drive it to church camp. We'll drive it back. Well, but this year we're doing, all right, we may get, we may do it because we're going to Kentucky this year. So maybe with the Kentucky trip, we might top the 12 because we'll be driving it multiple days to get to Kentucky. 
right? Typically, it goes to church camp, parks, comes back from church camp, parks. Preaching camp, parks, comes back from preaching camp, that's four. Other than those four, it may not go out again. We got tires on that thing. We, we put tires on that every couple years because they rot from the side in, right? They, we don't, they don't drive enough, but we have a need for it, right? We own this thing. God has given us this gift, right? We've purchased this thing so that we could use it for his kingdom, and ostensibly all we do is let it sit there and get dusty. Somebody in this church, in, not, maybe not in this room right now, but maybe in this room, somebody in this church needs to go and drive that bus. Someone in this church needs to go and take that, take that bus to children's homes who parents won't get up and take them to church or to man, Macaulay Oaks where, where people don't want to get out and drive or to Hunter's uh, Chase, that's Hunter's Chase down there, um, where, where we've got an apartment complex. That's over there. I'm with, this is Bell. I'm right. That's, that, that's going to take me across the tracks. That's an oak lawn over there. Um, <laughs> regardless, Hunter's Chase, wherever it's at. Yeah, yeah. Some of you, some of you need to go there eventually. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, some, some bus ministry, like, like you may never. Uh, and guess what? You can drive the bus. If you can drive a car, you can drive that bus. You don't need a CDL. You don't need a chauffeur's license. It's a 15 passenger van. It's like what my wife drives every day now. It's insane, by the way, to think about that, right? We we, we can we have a we have a safety team. I use that term uh, uh, kind of loosely. We're, we're developing that. You might want to be a part of that, helping in some way. If you're interested in that, by the way, the guy over there is in charge of that. So you can go talk to Chad, and he'll, he'll help, help get you organized on how to be involved in that. I do work every week that I should not be doing. Every week, uh, like I said, I record these sermons. Every week, when this is done, I'll go into my office. I'm going to chop this thing up. Or I'm going to take off the, all the stuff that isn't necessary and add in all the things that you need to make it into a podcast. It'll take me about two minutes to do, and then I'm going to upload it, which will take me another ten minutes to do, and then I'm going to put a nice little title on it, and I'm going to submit it, and it'll be out on our website. I do that every time. I do that twice a week, Wednesdays and Sundays. I have to do that. I have to go upload things to YouTube. The internet here at First Better Church, Rockdale, by the way, not that good. I hit submit to YouTube. I come back the next day. I find out whether or not it worked. It didn't work last night. I hit it last night, came back today. I was like, share, fail. Dang it, got to do it again tonight. Right? Sometimes it just fails. Maybe you have computer aptitude. You're like, man, I can do that. I can chop things up and I can make it go. God bless you. Take it off my, my plate. I don't need to be doing that. Someone else can do that thing. Right? We have uh, Feed Rockdale. We have uh, men's ministry, which we literally don't have, but we should. Right? We have youth work, nursery work, a variety of committees. Um, we have multimedia stuff, you know, like running the slides, recording the, recording the sermon, running the sound. Making all that sound booth up there needs people to work it. You know who runs that sound booth right now? Higginbotham's. When you fire me, your sound booth is, is abandoned, right? When you fire me, you're in trouble. I try to make myself integral like that for the life of the church. Maybe you can't fire me. Right now, some of you need to, need to work on that. We've got a couple other people who know what they're doing and go up there and, and, and make it work. But, but if you have an interest in that, we would love to put you there. There's a whole lot of things here. There's more things on uh, that, that you can do. I'm going to give you this piece of paper. And I'm going to expect that you're going to go home and you're going to work through it, right? If you've got a spouse who's not here with you, you can throw it at them too, okay? And say, hey, how are you going to serve the church? But I want you to serve inside of the things that make you, you. Like if you do not like children, don't work with children. I'm terrible with other people's children. 
Did I share this the other day? Where, where I told a kid I was going to lay him out? Or I was going to wear him out? Just like a kid. Just some punk kid. Like, I, I don't need to be working with that kid. Right? I can't do it. Some of you have the patience of Job, and you, you need to go do it. God bless you. But if you don't like that stuff, and that's not you, don't do it. Don't check it. And just because you check a box doesn't mean you have to do it, right? If you say, boy, I want to be um, on the church council. Well, well, you know what? Come September, you might be able to be on the church council. It's, it's locked till September. Right? Every committee is locked till September. But I'll tell you this. If you say you want to be on a committee, I'll bring this to the nominating committee when it happens. There's a good chance you're going to be on that committee. Because if you're eager, you're active, you have a desire to serve in that capacity, that's who we want there. We want active people who desire to do that. But if you, if you have a passion for something, if you have abilities to do something, right? We have, we have handyman work. And it can be handy woman, by the way, okay? I didn't, I didn't put handy woman, but you can be a handy woman, okay? I don't want to be, it's gender neutral. It's like the just third person, I don't know. Man is gender neutral in this capacity. But if you like doing stuff, we got places for you. I was standing outside with Bill uh, earlier, and Bill's like, hey, we need to do a lift and uh, cut, cut this branch down that's rubbing the front of the church. We do need to cut down the branch that's rubbing the front of the church, by the way. Eventually, that's going to be a problem for our church, right? That's clear. Right? But there's about, if you were to walk around the outside of this church, there's a couple hundred hours worth of work to do, guys. Right? Now, if you get 10 of y'all, right, maybe we're down to, you know, a couple dozen hours of work each. See, Paul says more. Paul, Paul's a pessimist over here. Or maybe he's just looked at it closer. But guys, there's work to do. There's places for you to serve. We need you to serve. But I don't want you just to serve wherever. I don't want us to do triage and be like, we have this amazing need. Let's just shove someone into that hole. Like, like I'm recruiting uh, Disciple Now homes right right now. And I want you all to volunteer your home to be Disciple Now. Not all of you should host for Disciple Now. Some of you specifically should not host for Disciple Now. You don't like teenagers. Your house is not suitable to have other people in it. It's probably technically not suitable for you to be living in it. Right? I mean, if the health department came, you might be condemned. Right? Don't, don't host people at your house. It's not your job. The church is full of people. Somebody will fill that spot. But be open to it, honestly. Think about it. And if you can't do it, don't do it. Find an area to serve in this church. If this is your church, the vast majority of you, this is your church. Find a place to serve. Find a couple of places to serve. Don't burn yourself out, but find some spots to get involved because we need you to get involved. This church will be tremendously or much, much, much more healthy if you will do what you're supposed to do, what God has made you to do. And if you'll let me do what I'm supposed to do, Instead of the hundred other things that I'm doing every week that I really don't need to be doing, that are outside of my gifting, outside of my calling, I'll be better at it. Maybe my sermon will be better. Maybe I'll keep it inside the allotted time limit. Maybe not. Hey, now. Whatever it is, guys, I want you to know God has made you specific. He's, he's gifted you spiritually. He's given you passion. He's given you abilities. He's given you a special personality type. And he's given you life experiences that no one else shares. Use those things, hone in on those things, and find a way to serve. Serve God because he's worthy of being served. I love Joshua as he's, he's, he's crossing into the promised land, right? right? And he's like, choose today who you will serve. Are you going to serve those gods on the other side of the river? Or are you going to serve the Lord who's bringing you?
And a lot of us, we serve ourselves and our own passions. And God says, serve me. Today is a good day to start that, right? And if you can think of some other areas, say, Matt, you don't have anything in here for what I'm thinking of, but here's something I'd like to do. If you have a ministry you'd like to do, I would love to empower you to do that. Would love to empower you to do that. Let me pray.